0: Good morning to our loyal WFYL listeners around the world. Welcome back to your Philadelphia Friday, only on Fox News Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in once again, because you still have the right to hear and the right to be heard. We're here with you with a very special episode. And these are unprecedented times that we're dealing with today. So we're going to have an episode that is geared towards these unprecedented times. I've got Philly Chris here with me. Philly Chris.
1: Good morning, everyone.
0: And unfortunately, we will not be performing live in the studio due to concerns for COVID-19. We do, however, have a special episode planned for everybody to talk about COVID-19 and how it's impacting different people's lives. We're able to gather up a whole bunch of real people and real perspectives, many people who are regular callers on this program, and we want to have a discussion because I know that human contact is few and far between these days and it might be that way for quite some time. Philly, Chris, how are you dealing with COVID-19 and isolation and things of that nature?
1: Well, yeah, I think I'm doing pretty well, Mike, you know, it's certainly interesting times uh, for sure. And I'm just trying to really get a handle on the facts of the situation and taken some of the various uh, media outlets and what they're reporting and also look at my own independent uh, sources. And as you know, yesterday I went out in the community and actually interviewed uh, uh, an individual running one of the home uh, homeless shelters. So just trying to get a grasp on what's going on. I think there's some misinformation out there, but I think also certain facts are revealing themselves about the situation that uh, we're all closely looking at. So just trying to get my head around what's uh, really going on and what we need to be concerned about and what we don't need to be concerned about. So people sense. do
0: need to take take a look at that YouTube video that we put together. Um, and our YouTube channel is called Mike G in the Morning, and there's a video up there, Philly Chris out there talking to the director of one of these homeless shelters in Philadelphia, and there was a line out the door and down the block. It's something that you really need to see, so check that out. Um what you talked about different facts that you're seeing what are you talking about Chris
1: Yeah that's a great question Mike and you know let me allow the me to use that term you know a little bit loosely right now just because I think things are so you know still developing um as we know uh and uh but you know some of the facts that I've looked at regarding the virus itself um around the metrics related to it and how it's affecting the world population or Pretty interesting, I think, to look at, you know, we're seeing various death rates reported in various countries and, um, you know, medical uh, systems being taxed uh, to their limits and sometimes, you know, beyond their limits. And what we're seeing in Italy is, I think, pretty telling of what we may see here. But, um, you know, I, I watched some of the briefings today. Uh, you know, Trump was on earlier and then also uh, some of the other the press conferences being held by our local. Um, governor and other folks here in the city and the different organizations coming Didn't together. something so, just happen with it, the governor?
0: So. Didn't something just happen with the governor? I just I got an email from uh, law.com saying that law firms are not allowed to be open under this new order. Um, courts, as of yesterday, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania closed the courts until at least April 3rd and did get a text message from one of our local cigar shops uh, talking about the governor's order to, uh, right, right. close yeah, all, all, all non-life-sustaining businesses closed as of 8 p.m. Thursday night. This means our cigar shop and all cigar stores will be closed tomorrow until further notice. So, uh, that's definitely something different that we're seeing, right?
1: Yeah, that just came in. I just pulled it up. It's been about 54 minutes now. I know you were live streaming a little bit ago, and thanks for continuing to uh, let the public in the area know what's uh, really going on and the thoughts of, of people in the community. But yeah, about an hour ago, he mentioned that. And, you know, it, it just seems like the things that are taking place and, you know, when I talk about the facts, these are a lot of observations I've made. And we know that, you know, the Philadelphia police uh, publicly announced yesterday that their uh, arrest procedures have been modified significantly. Supposedly, they're still upholding the law, but they basically announced publicly, as you and I both know, Mike, that you know they're not going to be truly detaining people uh, and arresting them for certain crimes, which are I, can't crimes. I can't get over that.
0: I can't get over that. You know, and I'm a I'm coming yeah. from a, a perspective of uh, I'm a criminal defense attorney, right? I represent the accused in a lot of cases, and I'm a law-abiding gun owner. You know, somebody who represents a lot of law-abiding gun owners, and I'm a part of the law-abiding gun owning community. Meaning, generally speaking, these are people who. Uh, are lean towards the side of personal protection and personal responsibility when it comes to self-defense. Totally on board right. with that. But no matter how right. you slice it, that's got to be a ridiculous idea <laughs> to let everybody know, hey, yeah. we're not going to be enforcing right. laws X, Y, and Z. Here's what it has yeah. right here. Um, they're instructed to stop making arrests for the following list of what are considered nonviolent crimes. All narcotics offenses, theft from persons, retail theft, Theft from auto, burglary, vandalism, all bench warrants, stolen auto, economics crimes such as bad checks, and prostitution. Uh, wow. I-, I did have a law enforcement officer from California who was following the live feed that we were just doing, and he mentioned that as far- they have a similar directive that was publicized out that way, and... It didn't include burglary if it was an occupied structure, meaning only unoccupied burglary. Because oh. if it's occupied, they consider so that. Oh, that's also it's out there. Okay, to take all your stuff. Okay. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're out <laughs> town, as long as you're not there, mm-hmm. they can take whatever they want. But he was saying yeah. that there are people out there who know about these directives. And sure. somebody was giving him a hard time. He was trying to—he was arresting somebody for some offense, and he had people around him taking videos saying, "Hey, you're going to get in trouble because you're not supposed to be arresting people for this type wow. of crime at this point in time." So we're going to see stuff like that going you- on. Uh, it's just, yeah, like I said, un- yeah, arresting.
2: it just doesn't
1: make sense. Like, why would you announce it? I can understand, Mike, honestly, if they really need to, you know, get the resources into meetings. I'm sure that police and Fire departments and you know medical teams are in meetings right now that are very important, and I'm glad they're doing those things. And if you're going to curtail those activities, like just why would you even announce it? It just seems like it's opening up uh, a can of worms, if you will. You know, living in the Philadelphia area, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. I mean, that you would agree, right?
0: Doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> what kind of dope thing like that's bad a good idea? idea. Right? <laughs> it's a bad it's idea, a, right? I mean, am, I, am I wrong here? Am I? Uh, Little bit of a bad idea. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's I think anyway, I I'm who, to be looked at, who looked at that and said, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, let's do that." That's that. that, yeah. that yeah. There's not going to be any problems with that. I mean, unless they they're trying right. to sort of. They, did you hear that? Uh, didn't you say you heard something about they were releasing prisoners at this point in time?
1: Yeah, you know I. Uh want to give credit where it's due. I saw some things online and then also Tucker Carlson was talking about Philadelphia on national news yesterday, referring to that. And they have already apparently let some folks out of prison and they're looking into doing that uh, further. I understand there are certain criminal defense attorneys who are even working on getting their clients out of incarceration. Now, you know, if we look at that objectively, some people maybe who weren't convicted and are on you know trial and are still presumed to be innocent, they're not violent Criminals? Maybe that makes some sense. I don't know. But, you know, to really be releasing a large percentage of the population, which it sounds like they could potentially do during a time when the police announced that they're not really going to, you know, uh, uh, arrest people the way they normally do. and, And there's a food shortage and there's a true pandemic apparently going on around the globe. It just doesn't really add up for me, Mike. I mean, seems like another bad idea. Or am I wrong on that one?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that is a very much practical reality is you're talking about, you know, the the resources not being available to people, uh, supply chain, sure. things of that nature. I mean, yeah, if you're yeah. if you were looking at this, you were looking two system. weeks ago and people are, are buying up all the toilet paper, even if you didn't think that COVID-19 was going to be the end of the world as far as the illness itself, you kinda had to make a decision at that point that okay, if I don't buy five packages of toilet paper, I could come back next week and the following week, and there could not be toilet paper for months. So I've kind of got no choice but to sure. do this at this point. Right. And there's definitely a big difference in depending on where you are. For example, we, mm-hmm. you know, and being in the five county area, you're gonna see something completely different than you would in central Pennsylvania. Let's say you're out in state college area. I haven't been to the state college area, but you and I were out in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, in Cumberland County. Uh, last weekend, uh, Saturday morning, and the stores were yes. completely different than we're seeing over here. Right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's, that's fair to say. And
1: I, you know, I assume uh, there's a little bit of a delay with those areas, as you know. I, you know, grew up in New England, and I've been talking to some friends up there, and it seems like they're just uh, kind of a couple days uh, behind us with that stuff compared to mm. what we're seeing here in the city. Is what I'm gathering.
0: But also, also, you know, Montgomery County has the most cases out of anywhere in Pennsylvania, so that's got to have something to do with it, right?
1: I would imagine so. You know, the numbers are certainly scary when people look at them, and I'm still trying to digest them. I know you and I have had some conversations recently off air a little bit, uh, which we don't always normally do. But given the circumstances, we're, you know, trying to keep an eye on this. And, you know, as you know, I've been trying to do my own analysis with some experience I've had in the past looking at this. And, you know, it's not really the virus so much I'm worried about. You know, 99% of people will be perfectly fine and not exhibit symptoms. But, you know, uh, some people... Uh, will have more difficulty with the actual virus. But the effects of what are going on around the globe are, um, you know, uh, very concerning, obviously. This is right. pretty significant event. Society's you really reaction. Know the, yeah, exactly. The reaction itself. Now, whether it's warranted or not, I guess uh, only time will tell, and history will tell. But right. if some of the numbers, the death rates uh, are, are legitimate. And let's say it levels out to be, you know, 1% or a little bit less than that. And with our current situation in the country with the ventilators and the health system requesting help from the local and, and federal government, it's not looking real good if it's legitimately, uh, you know, the pandemic that it could be. So it's it's concerning, of course. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Mike?
0: Uh, you know, one thing that I'm seeing practically Uh, I I cannot claim to be some kind of an expert on all this. And I can't say I have all the answers. Anybody who says they does is probably just talking out of their behind, to be honest with you. Because this is something that we've never seen before. And this is something, you know, specifically it's something that we've we've never seen before. And certainly with the way society is right now, um, at at least the reaction. Because you get a lot of people say the numbers are similar to other things that we've seen in the past. Well, even if they are. I mean, I in my lifetime, I don't remember the NBA ever shutting down or all the sports leagues ever shutting down. So in that respect right. – As far as what's going on in society right now, this is something we have certainly never, ever seen before. So I can't claim to have all the answers. I will tell you that what I am seeing practically on a daily basis is the impact it's having on the law-abiding gun-owning community. You're seeing lines around the block for people who want to purchase firearms and ammunition. You're seeing people who are interested in becoming a law-abiding gun owner and purchasing a firearm for the first time in their lives. You're seeing anti-gun people who were surprised and upset that you can't click a button and order a gun on the internet the way they were told from the news, right? You're seeing these people (laughs) surprised that they had no idea what they were talking about all this time. These people who have been uh, advocating against law-abiding citizens having the means to protect themselves and their loved ones. And now that all this stuff is happening, they're sort of changing their tune. So we're seeing people who have never – Ever thought about owning a firearm Been completely anti-gun realizing, hey, maybe the government's not going to be protecting me and maybe I need to take some measure to protect myself and getting involved. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people call me and say, hey, I want to try to – investigation before actually doing that. If you check the wrong box on that application and you're prohibited, guess what? You're getting charged with a felony once this all blows over. Now, you might be one of those people who say, oh, well, no, it's the end of the world and society is going to break down and, and there is not going to be any justice system in a few months for them to come charge me with a felony. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, but the chances are <laughs> when everything uh, rebounds and, and it right. goes... Back to you know some sense of normalcy. You're going to be charged with a felony, and that's not what you need right now. So make sure that you yeah. get yourself an investigation. If you've got any questions whatsoever, do not guess when you're filling out that 4473. Philly, Chris, what do you say we hit the lines and try to talk to some callers?
1: I love that idea. Thanks, Mike, for the opportunity again to be on the show today. Let's, uh, let's talk to
0: some folks, see what they say. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G. in the Morning with The Law Matters. Only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got one of our regular callers on the line. We've got Sean from New York. Sean, are you with us?
2: I'm with you, Mike. Thank you.
0: Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us during this trying unprecedented time. What's on your mind?
2: Well, Mike, first off, it's not unprecedented. Um, we haven't gone through something. It's unprecedented for the last two generations, but uh, this probably goes back to the Spanish flu of 1917, 1918. So I uh, just thought I'd footnote that one.
0: Well, I don't think they canceled the the NBA and the Major League Baseball during the Spanish flu. That's what I mean. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly we got different modes of transportation these days than they did back then, no?
2: Uh, they sure do, yeah. Uh, I'd say that. But this uh, this this is this ain't looking too good. Plus, uh, we have more efficient modes of transportation. We're more globalized. Therefore, it could spread a lot faster. We don't know if it can mutate or not.
0: And also, we're hearing about it 25 hours a day from the media these, these days, right? If people are on the computer and we've got these 24-hour news cycles, that's certainly unprecedented, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. It
3: sure is.
0: So what can we learn from history about, uh, you know, all this stuff? You talk about, hey, this isn't unprecedented. This has happened. You know, w- w- what comes to your mind? Are there any any things that we got to look out for?
2: Absolutely. I was thinking about uh, a, a connection between ancient Rome and how it fell, along with uh, mass immigration and why we need true, actual immigration reform.
0: Are, you, are we talking about illegal immigration, like people who are coming in and nobody's able to perform any checks or anything like that?
2: Absolutely, Mike. This goes back way to the uh, ancient Roman Empire. Uh, I could actually explain it for you if you'd like. Yeah, good. Yes. So uh, ancient Rome uh, partly, at le- or partly or at least uh, fell due to infectious diseases, and it may have very, uh, very well been the result of illegal immigrants. So first you had the Huns, who, were the, who, was, who, um, who was from present-day Germany. Uh, you had the Carthaginians from present-day North Africa. You had the Franks coming from uh, present-day France, the Gauls from present-day Spain, as well as the Goths, the Visigoths, and Slavs, who were all from present-day Eastern European countries. So these people basically went into Rome. As Rome was expanding, they needed more people. The people went to Rome. They didn't have a clear uh, immigration policies to check the people. The people went to Rome. They live in the cities. They lived off their welfare system. They didn't learn Latin. They joined the Roman army. And – this led to them forming their own battalions, overtaking Rome, and they spread diseases that weren't used to the, the actual Romans' immune systems. And we're starting to see that now with uh, China, Mexico, Central, and South America. We're having too many people come in, and we don't have this, this – this, we're not a – we're such a developed country now. We don't need people from undeveloped countries. It's up to them for them to develop.
0: So uh, you think that illegal immigration as far as people coming in and uh, not being able to to give any kind of exams whatsoever or not even really knowing who's coming in to the country is that a bad thing for the purposes of infectious diseases? Absolutely. Um on their way. Up, I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, but <laughs> I'm I'm not either, but this is just me
2: you're crossing the Rio Grande, crossing through rainforests, jungles, uh, packed-in cities. We don't know what people are carrying. So they come here, and they usually live in uh, tight-knit cities like New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. We don't have a headcount on them, but when they live amongst each other, they tend to bring the things that they brought here, and we can't track these things. And by the time we do, it might be too late before something really bad breaks out.
1: Sean, it's uh, similar to what happened to the uh, Native Americans.
2: Absolutely. you could say that as well i mean one brought i don't know syphilis the other brought this 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 or that and that's what we had
0: oh wasn't there something about smallpox
2: oh yeah yeah uh probably under the trail of tears with the uh, jackson administration but yeah
0: Yeah, what a shame so we so you think that we should have learned our lesson by now sean
2: absolutely i mean history tells us a lot um there's no need for uh people in mass droves coming here. I mean, when my family came here in the 1860s from Ireland, we were not a developed country yet. We had Spain in the southeast of the United States. France had uh, colonized Mexico during the Civil War. You had the Japanese in the Pacific Northwest, as well as the Spanish, um, the Russians. Um, we needed people, we needed immigrants to expand west, and we don't need that anymore. The frontiers closed as of 1912, and we added two, two outer continental states in 1948 and in 1961. There's no need for this. We need strict, controlled immigration. We need people skilled. We need people with jobs. We need people with bank accounts, and we need, need help screening for these people.
0: Well, that's certainly, certainly one perspective. Sean, how are things in New York right now, uh, being in the city as you are?
2: Um, Mike, uh, what I do have to tell you is I'm trying to be self, uh, self-sufficient as possible, uh, cooking, um, packing things away. I'm cooking things in tomato sauce. I'm making broth out of uh, chicken carcasses and vegetable scraps. That'll last me a while. Um, when I'm down to, uh, I don't know, a bottle of soap or shampoo, I just diluted a little bit with water to keep it going and, uh, just trying to stay, uh, trying to stay self-sufficient and calm.
0: Hmm. Now, are the stores extremely bare out there?
2: Uh, from what I heard, they're pretty busy, but I haven't gone in quite a few days. Just uh, stocked up. Um, How long you been on lockdown? Uh, myself? I would say for about the last four or five days.
0: Mm. Yeah, and Hanging in there?
2: Hanging in there, Mike. Absolutely.
0: Well, Sean, thanks for calling in and thank, thanks for your perspective. A little bit of a history on this. I know that people are going to say, you know, Sean, for you to say that uh, – to reform immigration in that manner and to say that people have to have something to offer and we should start to restrict immigration, you know what their response is going to be on the left, right? They're going to say, you're a racist person, and that's why you're saying that. What would your response be to somebody who says something like that?
3: Learn history.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs>
3: I,
1: I guess that's There's one a way to put in that, it. that, isn't there, Sean? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, Sean, so, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we, we pray that you and your family are all safe and that uh, we get through this together as Americans.
2: Thank you, uh, Mike. You, your family, and the country are my prayers as well. Thanks.
0: For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G. in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got another regular on the line with us who actually joined us in studio for one of the roundtables. We've got Dan from New Jersey. Dan, are you with us? Yes, Mike. How you doing? Uh, thank you for joining us, Dan. You know, we've got uh, an interesting situation going on here. Uh, how are you holding up over there in New Jersey?
4: Uh I mean, I'm holding up. I mean it's 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 kind of kind of crazy that, you know, you're driving around and there's nothing open. It's it's very eerie you know, to see, you know, just how, you know, how dead everything is out there. Um, you know, I had a hell of a time trying to find ammo, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you I know, ammunition, that is, we're
0: seeing all over the country. We're seeing that all over the country.
4: Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, people are getting scared, you know, getting guns scared guns and rightfully scared, so. so, so they want to be able to protect themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: We'll, you know, Oops. unfortunately, uh, w- wish that more people would have realized that earlier on, right? Instead of making this last-minute decision.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty-twenty, right? <laughs> uh, that's true. But,
0: uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but this is something that we often talk about in, in our law-abiding, gun-owning community. So, uh, and you know, I think we we're all welcoming to new members of the law-abiding, gun-owning community. That's something I've always noticed about. Gun owners is that it's more of a, it's kind of a the more than merrier attitude. Say so that's fair to say? Right.
4: Yeah, I think so. What we're finding though now here in New Jersey is that, you know, um, there are people who are now getting nervous and never probably thought they needed to own a firearm, had a reason to. Maybe they weren't gun people, but now they're getting nervous and they go into gun stores and they're trying to buy guns and they realize, <laughs> you know, they're being told that, hey, <laughs> huh, a, huh, you know, yeah, well, you, got, you got a three, four months, month right? permitting process. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you need you need a firearms ID card. You need you know a pistol purchase permit if you want a handgun. And this stuff is not something that you know. It's unfortunately unlike what CNN would have people believe. You don't just walk into a gun store and, and walk out with a shopping cart full of full of firearms. You know, so. Um, but yeah, you know, not, not only that, you know, we're, we're, we're feeling when I'm hearing that, you know, certain towns in New Jersey are trying to shut down their permitting system. Um, mm. I was just in the gun store earlier and I was, you know, I was told that it, you know, it might be a statewide shutdown at any moment, wow. you know, any day now. Wow, that, people may scary. need to protect themselves the most. Yeah. yeah, of course. Well, that's, uh, you know, it, it you know. Uh, it's, it's when people want to protect themselves the most is when the, you know, the anti-gunners will use that, you know, as their advantage, you know, to their advantage to, you know, to try to, you know, limit or, or, or prohibit, you know, people from owning firearms to, you know, to protect themselves in a, you know, in time of crisis. Sure.
0: Now, Dan, you work in the church. Is this impacting the church?
4: Uh, yes, I do. I work in a church and, you know, really there isn't anything going on. Every, everything's been canceled, you know, all masses, all, you know, youth groups, Bible studies, uh, you know, ev- everything's been canceled. Uh, the church is basically only open during the day uh, for people to come in and, you know, say prayers, light candles, but there, there, are, there's nothing, you know, no masses or anything going on. Um, we also just started using, uh, our church as a drop off for people who want to, you know, bring food in. So that uh, there's some organizations in, in the local, you know, local towns that are going to be picking the food up from from the church and then delivering it to, you know, older older people who who can't go out food shopping, you know, for risk of getting of getting sick. Uh, the thing is, you know, there isn't much food out there for people to be, you know, buying extra. Right. You know, to donate. Right. And who knows how many yeah. people are going to really want to part with what they did buy, you mm-hmm. know, to you know to to share with others who may need it, you know, just as well. So it's, yeah, it's getting kind of, kind of Normally when you want to
0: drop off canned goods and stuff like that, there's plenty of it on the shelves and <laughs> you can make your pick as to what you want as far as canned goods. But yeah, that's just not yeah. what we're seeing right now. Chris, you had something?
1: Yeah, I was curious, Dan, if I remember correctly, you've been involved with uh, the fire department in your area, correct? Yes. Have you heard anything directly through them about what's going on? Have they been briefed that you're aware
4: of or anything you might be able to share? And if you can't share it, that's understandable. Uh, I don't know if you heard anything through them about what's going on. Not really. Yeah, not not really. I mean, I'm probably hearing about as much as you guys are hearing. Um, You know, we're not even getting any more real information than the general public, to be honest. I mean, I don't really watch the news, so I I don't really follow it. I don't want to. You know, subscribe to the panic, you know, that, that you know, some of the people are, you know, when they watch the, you know, the, you know, go on social media, they watch the news and, you know, and they're, they're petrified. So, you know, I mean, I still got to go out and do things. So, you know, basically what I hear is some people I talk to, you know, either at the church, you know, around the, around the firehouse. But, uh, it's, uh, it's, it makes sense what you're saying. Never, never thought it could get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had more information, but I really don't. Uh,
0: so you haven't been on lockdown?
4: Uh, I haven't been. I mean, I think New Jersey has like a voluntary curfew at 8 p.m. Because um, the virus only comes out after midnight, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, right. And I don't know why the curfew for 8 p.m. is gonna like before 8 p.m. It's safe. <laughs>
4: hey, all right. Who thought of that? Oh, yeah. Maybe yes. there's some reason
0: behind it. I'm not a scientist or anything, hey, but that sounds it's ridiculous. more dangerous in the dark, Mike. It's yeah. Uh, more <laughs> uh, so. uh, well, it's nice to as be long able as, to laugh laugh at, okay, right, as yeah. long as we it, keep laughing hey, we're okay Right? Yeah. it's great to be able to laugh at a time like this well Dan it thank is. you so much for joining us and and uh, giving us your perspective we want to hear as many stories from real people as we possibly can at a time like this Uh so we know that we're not alone
4: yeah Mike uh, thanks for having me on and Mike and Chris both of you guys uh, you know just be careful out there take care of yourselves and uh, thanks for doing what you're doing. Sure,
0: Thank you. Yeah, we'll you know, be praying you. for you and your family, and thank you for everything you do for the community.
4: All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G. in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got another special caller on the line. We've got Chris from Northern Pennsylvania. Chris, are you with us? I'm here, Mike. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, trying times we've got here today. What's on your mind?
5: Well, you know, I want to start off with um, basically the whole thing going on here. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of new gun owners. That's but right. it ain't us. We've already bought our guns. So who's these <laughs> new gun owners? First timers who are uh, the same people that passed all the laws to now wait 10 days in California just to get a gun, well, those people now have to wait, just like we had to wait. Yeah. So now they don't like the fact that they can't just walk out with a gun. So you, now they don't, they don't seem to... Go ahead, Mike.
0: You hear stories about people who believed in this internet loophole and were trying to buy guns on the internet and were frustrated that they didn't have a gun showing up at their door.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, they'd like to vote vote down on all this stuff and uh, you know, they want to make it harder for us but now that they want them, because now they're in fear that uh, they can't rely on the government because the government flat out told them, hey, you guys need to start preparing for at least three months now everyone's freaking out. So now those are the same people who are eventually going to turn into gun owners, hopefully.
0: Yeah, well, what are things like up in northern Pennsylvania right now?
5: Uh, northern Pennsylvania here would be uh, there's a lot of, a lot of stores shut down. Uh, pretty much looks like a ghost town, I would say, as of right now.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you think the panic's made its way out there as well?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, our local gun shop here is slammed. They're selling more guns and ammunition than food. Wow. 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 Yeah.
0: So what do you think people ought to know? And am trying to get different perspectives from different people all over the place. Now, if you could tell people a message, what would it be?
5: Well, I'm going to say that, you know, they saved the virus. And it could be, it could not be. But there's a big agenda behind it. So don't forget 200 years ago, we won. They lost. They didn't like the fact that we came over here and founded our own country for freedom and freedom of religion. So this goes back to that. So their agenda is a new world order, which would be one world currency, one world government, and a one world religion, which is what they wanted in England. But our Uh founding fathers didn't want that, so they came here. So what I think is, is they never went to sleep, these people. They're ready to roll this out, and they're going to try to beat us this time, for sure. And uh,
0: there's... People need to pay attention out there. Um, you know, I've heard all kinds of uh, people saying that this would be a, a perfect opportunity for the government to gain more control. Uh, people are saying that you know, perhaps somebody's going to come out and say, well, in order to make everybody safe, we need to uh, sort of uh, modify your DNA in order to do so. And that concerns a lot of people that when you're in these kinds of emergent times, and you're dealing with a national emergency and a state of emergency at, at the, the state and local levels that, you know, the government gets incredibly powerful, incredibly quick. And that concerns people. Is that fair?
5: Yeah. And you know what? This is nothing more than uh, what our founding fathers have warned us about. And that's why I said a revolution should be every 20 years. But it's been, what, about 200 years now, Mike? <laughs> so it, we're long overdue. And oh. this is what happens when you let it happen. And now they're very powerful. So their weapons uh, are probably more advanced than ours. And that's another thing people are not understanding is maybe, hey, you know, they're not probably going to come out with you. uh, They might not come after you with guns. They have more advanced weaponry. And 5G is a weapon that the military has been using for many, many years. And I have a feeling that these big companies, you know, cell phone companies, Google, this and that, are now adopting that technology because they can buy it. They, you know... Mm -hmm. Think about how much money they have mm. they can't think they can about anything, so uh, I think that these these bigger companies are so wealthy and so powerful that they also fear that maybe one day we'll wake up and they just want absolute control, so mm. they're gonna use it against us to to control us five uh, g has been used as a uh, crowd control weapon from the military, and it's been very successful uh, basically, the sensations you'll have is Depending on how much power they, they want to put out with this, because basically uh, RF frequency, but it's at, uh, I think, 30 gigahertz, which is equivalent to basically the magnetron in a microwave. So mm. it, it, the, the wavelength is very tight. So it, it, that's what makes it dangerous. Uh, 5G towers are, are going to be put every 500 feet apart from each other. Unlike 4G, you can have a tower that covers a huge area well five g doesn't doesn't work that well uh unless they each transmitter has to be five hundred feet apart because they're such small wavelengths, but that's what makes them dangerous sure they're, they're frequent, gonna be around yes, and they're gonna be around every corner of wherever you look, every office building you name it those kind of areas uh shopping plazas stuff like that there's there's gonna be tons of them in, the, in those areas uh that's what makes it dangerous and uh there are videos on youtube you can you can watch for um there's a there's actually a guy who works for these companies and puts these towers up and uh I think he was one of the first ones to come out with a video and you know it's it's pretty scary stuff but uh people would rather have lightning fast uh cells uh, you know cell phone speed you know internet speed than you know the health of you know them and the next generation which is coming up you know the oh, wow. the side effects are really bad as far yeah. as uh you know, let's say you're a, a woman that's pregnant, you have major side effects on the baby, and how the baby develops.
0: Uh, there's definitely uh, a situation in this country, and it has been for quite some time, that our priorities are, are way screwed up. There's no two ways about it. We've got a problem with priorities in this country. Uh, but uh, it, sounds, it sounds to me like you think the outco- outlook is pretty bleak, Chris. Is there any possibility for anything positive to come out on the other side?
5: You know what there there, there, there could be a positive thing that comes out in it if this doesn't go as planned for them, and don't forget they've been waiting two hundred years to roll this out and it's uh it's nothing new they they started a long time ago, step by step by step it's like the theory of the pot and the boiling water, right if you have a pot of boiling water and you drop a frog in it what what is the frog going to do He's going to jump right out right? right right now, if you put right. that frog in cold water on the pot on a stove and you slowly Slowly crank up the heat. Little by little, he's not going to notice. He's just going to sit there and boil. Right. He won't jump out. So just think of it as that theory. Time is their friend, and that's what they use to their advantage to get to this point.
0: But I thought While you had we were a possible positive outcome. I thought you had a possible positive outcome for us. <laughs> Yeah, you know,
5: the, the positive outcome is if it if it doesn't go as planned, and you know, with God, you know, we have to have faith too. I I also think this could be a a, a test from God. You know, maybe God's testing to see if humanity is going to stick together. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, are we going to divide? Yeah. or Are we going to stick together? You know, like our founding fathers would want us to do, right? United we stand. So great question. Yeah,
0: as as, great as a
5: human race, we've got to stick together.
0: Yeah, that right? is... A- Great point. And, you know, hopefully uh, that is the way things turn out. We all come out on the other side thankful to God and maybe realizing that we've got to straighten out our priorities and also maybe figure out that hey, maybe we want to be a little more focused on our families and being able to protect ourselves and sustain and a little less reliant on the government. Is that a good idea, you think?
5: Yeah, because, you know, in the end, look where we're at now. Now everyone relies on the government for everything, for food. Most people, if they can't go to a grocery store, they're going to starve. You know, nobody knows how to grow their own food. Nobody knows how to grow a basic garden. Just the simple essentials of life, you know, a wood stove, you know, is what people did most of everything with back in the day.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we can have you back on the program soon and stay safe and God bless you and your family.
5: Thank you Mike. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope to uh, maybe be on the show again.
1: For hey, those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the Morning. This is Philly Chris. We have a returning special guest, uh Matthew Carey up on Surrey Mountain Farm up in New Hampshire. Uh, welcome to the show, Matt. How are you today during these uh, trying times?
3: I'm doing okay. We're uh, we're holding up, you know, pretty well considering Excellent. Well, thanks for taking
1: time out of your busy schedule with everything going on to join Mike and I on the program. We had you on recently and you we were talking about uh, farming and sustainable lifestyles, uh, you know, being on a farm and having a family farm and uh, the history of your, your farm there in the family. Um, so this seems to be an opportune time to talk a little bit about what's going on. And we just wanted to, you know, get your opinion on uh, how you're viewing this from up there in New England right now.
3: Yeah, so uh thank you for having me on the show and um you know I just <clears throat> I think it's the the timing of of this is uh pretty uncanny being that uh, just a couple of weeks ago I was on your show uh talking about uh a lot of what's actually happening in real time right now uh about how the government's control of our food system from every aspect of it from growing the food to uh, distribution, you know, warehousing, distribution, uh, first in, first out uh, type um, food processing system that we have in America, uh, as you can see right now in front of our eyes, is being compromised, where, you know, you have grocery stores all over the country that, you know, they have stock that morning, and by lunchtime, uh, the the, the stocks, you know, the shelves are, are bare, and
4: when right. I say bear,
3: right. I'm talking about, you know, canned goods, dried goods, dried beans, rice, peanut butter, jelly, uh, flour, sugar, the essentials, which means that, you know, everyone in America right now is scrambling for those items when they when they become available, they're immediately gone. So once sure. the stock and I don't think that those products are being manufactured, I think that they're being warehoused right now and we're depleting the warehouses faster than. The stuff is being grown or processed so like i was saying before about you control the food and you control the people you can see that uh that's happening right before our eyes there are going to be a lot of people yeah. in this country that are not prepared that don't live on a farm that don't have access to a farm if they live in large city. Communities, um, and it's going to start getting real pretty quick with when you have starving people, and uh, it, you know, it's just right in tune with what I was saying that could happen. It, it actually is happening right now, and you know, fortunately for us, we, we live on a farm. We're going to be okay. We, you know, have our own food. We're going, we're just starting to grow food inside right now as seeds, and uh, you know, here in the next month or so, we're going to be planting outside and we're we're right at the beginning of our growing season and uh, if we do it right we'll be able to have a a growing season and then harvest and then we'll be able to save and can and preserve a lot of the food that we grow Um, but you're talking about a very small percentage of people in the country who are able to do that the rest of the 90 some odd percent of the people are going to starve and it's unfortunate but you know with the events rolling in the direction they're going I don't, you know, I, I, like I said, also like I also said uh, the last time we spoke is that I think that there's going to be a movement with the farm community and that movement is happening now. I see a lot of my friends in the farming community right now uh, resorting back to a barter system, uh, swapping tools for seeds or labor for soil or, uh, you know, labor for helping with pruning trees, anything to help with the production of food right now. Is become a right, very
4: right.
3: Uh, very serious and all of a sudden very important thing to all us crazy well, farmers. It sounds like those, know, uh, we're important now.
1: Yeah, and that's a good silver lining, I think, during this difficult time that uh, the community up there is is coming together. And I think you bring up a good point, Matt, because there's a difference between you know the, the city life and, and the country life, if you will, and hopefully here in the cities as well. Uh, people will come together and band together and, and, and share resources as, as needed and get through this difficult time and hopefully come out on the other side. But uh, Well, Matt, thanks so much again for uh, being on the program with us today uh, during this difficult time. Please uh, take care of yourself and your kids, and we look forward to having you back on the program soon.
0: For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G. in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got a very special caller on the line with us. We've got Constable Steve out in Harrisburg. Constable Steve, are you with us? I'm with you. Hey, thank you so Glad much. For, well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Constable Steve, what's the outlook like out in Harrisburg right now? You know, stores are, are busy. Um,
6: you know, people are definitely um, paying attention to what's going on. And, um, we do have, um, even some of the gun shops have closed. Wow. Um, file an order, which was a little surprise to me because I would think that, uh, they would have stayed open. Um, but yeah, we're, people are very, um, you know, just a mixture of feelings though, because I've talked to a number of people, um, even in some of the grocery stores, Costco, um, first time I've ever seen, um you know, some of the shortages and allergies there. Um, but some people are really taking it very laissez-faire. They're just like, uh, you know, I don't really know in comparison to the flu. I hear that argument a lot.
3: So, mm.
6: we're at the beginning stage now. We don't know where it's going to go. Right.
0: What measures have you taken, Steve?
5: Me?
6: Um, mask, gloves,
0: uh, food.
6: Um, you know, I have a, 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 grandparent that I take care of. So she's in the most concerned, uh, category. Mm. Uh, so I started wearing a mask around her and, um, you know, my, my thing is not to panic, but to be prudent in one's actions. Um,
0: That's that's pretty much what I've been doing. Yeah, being prepared is not necessarily being panicked or paranoid, right?
6: Correct. Correct. Um, I don't see a lot of people, though, stocking up on alarm systems. Um, You know, never know where things are going to go, but it wouldn't be a bad thing to consider getting one at this time.
0: You know, Philly Chris were you saying right that now. Philly Chris were you saying that getting lighting is probably a good idea right now?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, Mike. I mean, uh, as you know, we've been talking about this for a few weeks and I'd rather be prepared for the worst than hope for the best. So, I personally did go out and get a, a few additional uh powerful lights for the yard, uh just in case, you know, for nighttime, kind mm-hmm. so of get an eye. And um I think you're right about the alarm systems. You know, I I hope this doesn't go south, but the way things are going in this direction, you know, um, it's a real possibility, I suppose. So better to be prepared with those types of things. So I think that was a really good uh, tip for the listeners that you just provided with alarms. Yeah.
0: Very profound. Certainly nothing. That's something that I haven't heard from anybody anywhere. So very, very good. point. Uh, When you went out to Costco, Constable, Steve, was there still things in the store, did they still have things on the shelves? I know you said there were some shortages that you've never seen, but were, were there some things just not others?
6: Yeah. All the organic chicken was gone. I was, they put some other things in place. Um, the, um, couldn't find any corn. I mean, surprisingly, there's one thing i you know, I could not find that I was personally looking for, uh, corn mm-hmm. of any type was just gone. Hmm. Um, were you in uniform when you were shopping? No, no, no. I okay. I, I, I refrain from doing that. Um. So no, I didn't. I didn't go in uniform. Um, okay. Certainly. Um. Uh, I've had a number of calls from people, uh, friends of mine, who are looking to get concealed carry permits. Uh, hmm. Now, sure. And um. So. But that that that's kind of a, a follow up to the leads, you know, I've I've prompted most people that I, I know to, you know, take the fans of the Second Amendment rights and get prepared. So these things have kind of sparked uh, um, a renewed interest. Oh, so, nice. so.
0: Hopefully, if we this thing all uh, straightens out and we come out of it all right, then at, at the very least, that people will value their Second Amendment rights a different way than they had in the past. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm.
6: I definitely agree with that. Um, I I I think there needs to be some talk about that. That's one thing that's missing on the news. I don't hear much about that. I I do know that Walmart, um, from different places, has. Um, stop selling ammo altogether, um, which is surprising. Um, even uh, a friend of mine in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, he said, you know, they're somewhat world where he's at. He said they're not selling any ammo there. Wow. And I went, went to a
1: gun store here uh, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. earlier in the week, and uh, they had stopped already, and there was a line out the door at several of the shops here. So it is really interesting to see that happening throughout the country
0: yeah i saw I saw a picture today of Delaware Valley Sports Center in Philadelphia over by uh Red Lion. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but the line was not only out the door it was out the parking lot and down the block it's one of the most wow it's, it's, it's it, i've never seen anything like it but you know ho- hopefully in, in the future people will be more prepared and and understand the value of our second amendment constable steve thanks so much for joining us you really gave us a perspective that we haven't heard from anybody anywhere so far so thank you we appreciate that
6: you're welcome thank you constable stay safe thanks for having right. yeah, you too
0: For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G. in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got another very special guest on the line, a regular caller on this program. We've got John from York County. John, are you with us? Yes, I am, Mike. How are you doing tonight? All right, John. These are definitely interesting times. Nothing like I've ever seen in my lifetime. What's on your mind? What do you think of what's going on?
7: Well, i tell you what, I, I agree. Nothing like I have seen this or whatever. Uh, I guess, and my thoughts are, I understand it is a serious situation with everybody dealing with some unknowns and that type of thing with the virus. I just wish they would try and get their facts straight and everything else. I think there's a lot of um, hysteria being driven by the media and stuff and taking some truths and you know stretching them out a little bit and everything else, but that's a couple of my thoughts right at the moment.
0: Now, John, with the way that we've seen the media operate over these last few years, some of the, the things they put out that are disingenuous or or less than true, we'll, we'll say that, um, is it any wonder why there are some people out there who have been hesitant to take what they say as gospel? Because if this is a serious disease that's being spread from person to person, uh, and the media is telling us this and people out there are not believing them because they they've cried wolf in the past is that a problem
7: yes it is i would say it has been they've lost us uh, some credibility uh to that uh with that and everything else and even when they're dealing with some own unknowns like that if they really you know let us know those types of things to let some people make some you know best guesses and everything but yeah you, i would admit i would agree that they have cried wolf uh, one too many times with that and then you look and see what happens here also you got to run on the grocery stores and everything else it's, it's just crazy you know you're supposed to stay away but you got to go buy your groceries or whatever
0: it right Well, what, what do the grocery right. stores even look like out in your county right now
7: uh, they come and, and go uh, like everybody else. Uh, what I have seen, there are no um, like you know, uh, wipes, uh, you know, like Clorox wipes, that type of thing. No sanitizers for hand sanitizers and everything else. But on the other hand, you, know, you see people running around and everybody stocking up on toilet paper and all this other, you know, crazy things. And, for instance, I was in a store this morning. There was uh Well, yesterday I was in the store. There was no milk. Today there's milk and there was no bread this morning, but this afternoon there was bread. It's just, you know, stuff is coming in. It's just that uh, it's just taking some time and the people just running around in panic mode uh, in hoarding and that type of thing. It's quite, you know, usually you only see this in a, you know, when they're threatening snow and everybody needs bread and milk, but it's a lot worse
0: today. Yeah, it seems it seems a lot similar the way people are reacting but you know I I think part of the problem is that even if you don't think that the virus is the end of the world or that it's going to kill everybody you got to be concerned about whether this stuff's going to be there you sa- you know mentioned that there're certain things that just aren't on the shelves and if 2 weeks ago you saw the writing on the wall about this stuff not being there you kind of had no choice but to buy a bunch of it right well, well, that is
7: true. But then, when you turn around and look at some things like milk, how long can you hoard gallons of milk? It has yeah, a shelf that's like, true. you know, compared to something like toilet paper or whatever. Uh, to that, I did effect, it once for six months, but it was a bad idea.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, yeah, just had to throw a little humor in but,
7: there. Yeah. Well, that's it. And then they then they turn around and they say, you know. The governor has come out and said, we're closing these businesses down. What's non-essential? How are they determining what is essential, what is non-essential? And then you sit around, they give you no notice on what they want to do. So, I'm sorry?
1: I said beer distributors are still open, so that's apparently essential. Well, I guess so too. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, they're uh, leaving those open in Pennsylvania, yeah.
0: Wow, but the cigars yeah. are not. I don't know, John, have you heard that the cigar <laughs> shops are all closing down? I got a bunch of messages about this.
7: Yeah, uh, from what I understand, the uh, tobacco industry is one of the ones that's going to have to shut down and everything to that effect.
0: So, oh, well, Good thing I ordered uh, 200 I last week. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, there you go, Mike. That, that's good with that. I should have um, crossed that off the but, list
1: earlier, Mike.
7: Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But again, I I guess if if the government would, you know, and and say that, you know, give us a little bit more information, let some people make uh, some decisions, uh, that type of thing and what they want to do, they talk about the spread. And again, I'm no expert. I'm no medical person, whatever. But I would have expected since they have now just started all the testing that it's perfectly understandable that the counts are going to go up. Versus last week when nobody was doing any testing here in Pennsylvania, or to the best of my knowledge, unless it's an emergency test or something.
0: Right. It may not be such a dramatic increase in the amount of people who have the thing. It's just that the amount of people we know have the thing, given they got tested,
7: right? right?
1: They're able to measure it now. Yeah.
7: Well, yeah, that's right. And you can't judge anything unless you can measure it, as they talk about Right.
1: And I watched the uh, press conferences today. It looks like there's still a multi-day delay on the results anyway. So, um, you know, it's not exactly real-time information.
7: Right. I think it's, what, four days? That type of thing? I think they said that, yeah,
1: they're working on improving it, um, but it's still several days. So the results we're seeing now are from a few days back, of course, and they're still some issues with the supply chain on the test, whatever that means. But,
0: uh, mm. we'll see oh, what what about, did you hear about this new uh, treatment that they're talking about that is for malaria, and they're talking about getting it cleared through the FDA and the red tape you've got to go through? Trump says, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do this right away. We're going to make sure it's it's available right away. Surgeon General comes out and says, hey, it might take us a year. <laughs> it's like, how's that going to help anybody? <laughs> oh, right,
7: yeah, I know. Yeah, they have to kind of get on the same page with that, and I guess it's the same. I was it, line or whatever. I can't really pronounce it, but I know it's been around to fight malaria since I think the thirties or the forties, that type of deal. And so it's out there, but you know, at that point in time, if if somebody's really sick and in bad shapes, you know, why not you know let them try it as a last resort type of thing? But on the other hand, from what you read, you hear, well, it's just going to be a bad case of the flu, and we've all had the flu before. And it's just some of us get flu worse than other ones. And depending on the age, you know, some people are more in danger than other people.
0: So it's very difficult to to figure out what's going on. A lot of people, I think, are are just unsure what to believe anymore at this point. Um, So kind of something that's that's changing on a daily or hourly basis.
7: Yeah. Yeah, I think the best thing, as you talk about, is, as they say, just do your best to wash your hands and try to avoid some contact and do that. But, you know, what are you supposed to do? We all have to go to work. We all have mortgages to pay, car payments, that type of thing. And no matter what they try to do with the government, they're not going to be able to bail every man, woman, and child out, I don't believe.
0: That's, yeah, that's definitely a concern. pretty
1: difficult to do at this point, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us and giving us your perspective. We appreciate you and we pray for you and your family. Stay safe out there.
7: Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Mike.
0: For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got time for one more caller. And what do you know, who better than Tony from New York? Tony, are you with us?
8: Yes, gentlemen,
0: I am with you. Tony, are you surviving out there in New York? What's going on? I'm locked in my bathroom right now. I'm up um, to my neck in water
8: and toilet paper.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, that's too much information, Tony. You don't have to share quite that much. <laughs> well, no,
8: I'm just trying. I'm getting ready for the boogeyman, the boogey virus to show up. And I'm just going to be waiting in here like, with well, my bag of bees.
0: <laughs> 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 well, a bag of bees would like certainly that would be handy uh, this at this time. But uh, what are the stores like out in in New York right now? We spoke to another caller from New York earlier today. Uh, what's it looking like out there?
8: Well, let's put it this way: uh, it's not that bad today. But about two, three days ago, was I like, I saw this old guy wrestling with an old lady over rolled toilet paper.
0: He's getting his ass whooped, and then looked up in the mirror and I saw it was me. Uh, yeah. he was you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's how you got all that
8: toilet you know, paper there. I, <laughs> oh, I got a nice mouthful of varicose veins, though. That helped. <laughs> anyway, it's, it, it's calmed down, but I haven't been out. You know, it's for me, you know, you know five by three, safe space. Uh, I'm used to it. The bread and water diet, I got that when I was away in college. So this is uh, nothing new
0: college extended fishing trip, right now uh, chris didn't you say that in new york they're having problems they don't have enough hospital beds and ventilators
1: yeah i'm hearing that they're getting close but uh, i don't know the exact numbers today but i heard that uh beds were filling up a little bit from what i'm hearing through the media
8: well they're saying stuff like that on the media but i don't know what's going on you know i don't hear anything i don't see anything everybody i, I asked do you know anybody nobody saw nothing nobody got nothing Nobody knows anybody who's got it except a couple of guys in the newspaper, but directly nobody knows anybody who's got it, which okay. sounds fishy to me.
0: Well, Chris, what are some of the things that you've seen that you were talking about that uh, are uh, indicators for you?
1: Yeah, well, some of the things I did jot down when I was watching some of the uh, conferences today, you know, when Trump was on and he was meeting with the other officials. It does seem like there's some issues with the supply chain, you know, regarding the uh, face masks, you know, they're trying to ramp up production um, on those so that they can protect the health workers. And um, in additionally to that, they are talking about the ventilators, which, you know, if people do need those, if the virus is real and the science behind it is there to support it and a certain percentage of the population will get sick, uh, it sounds like there is a shortage on there. They did have some good solutions, though, they talked about. They're going to talk to some 3D printing companies and start uh, to try to print some of those parts and machines um, so they can ramp up production if they're needed. So, you know, they're working on some things, but uh, if this legitimately becomes a medical need in the larger cities, uh, they they could have some shortages in that area, which would uh, exacerbate uh, what, what we're seeing. Uh, and what sounds like Tony's not court. buying it, though. Sounds like Tony's not. Yeah, buying maybe it, he's
0: right. I don't know. I'm nah. not sure
1: who's right at this point. You know, it's nah, that not sure.
8: good and fine, yeah. but I don't think that's what's happening out here. We got a, we got yeah. the mayor running around with his hair on fire. He's <laughs> screaming, "We need more money, more money, more money!" But this right. is a sanctuary city. So, what the hell did they expect to happen anyway? Right? That's one. Yeah. Two. Yeah. You know, you got the governor out there. You know, King Cuomo II. And, uh, by the way, in case anybody out by your neighborhood hasn't had the pleasure of listening to him, he sounds like he's talking to a sixth-grade basketball team. All right? So (laughs) listen to me. Oh, this is the guy who said you don't need 17 bullets to kill a deer. A deer.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Um, we all remember when, when that happened. But you know, if the yeah. the mayor's out there and he's going to the gym when nobody else is supposed to gi- to go to the gym and things like that, it, it seems yeah, like that, it's that, uh, that
8: that gym is you know the old wink wink gym, you know. Personally, <sighs> <First of> <laughs> uh, his gym membership gym every day. Look at that body on him. He should look like <laughs> he looks like Superman. His,
1: uh, and his gym membership came with uh, a helicopter ride, apparently,
8: I believe, right?
3: Yeah, right. Um, he, tried,
8: he, he tried that. He tried that. But he's got the convoy of, you know, this the, the Uzi packed uh, guys around him and everything. He goes there every day from like wow. nine to eleven. In his old neighborhood, I guess where his old girlfriend lives. with uh, wink, you
0: know.
8: He don't look
0: like doing any exercise.
8: other than lifting a
3: joint to his
0: mouth every other minute, you know? So, <laughs> so here, I just found a, a stat over here. It says 5,200, well, almost 5,300, 5,298 people have contracted the virus in New York. 32 have died so far. And that's all of New York, not just New York City. If 5,000 yeah. people had some kind of characteristic in a, a city of 10 million people, wouldn't it be plausible that you would not know them? uh Uh, yeah not
8: not really i mean you would know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody directly but nobody knows nobody like i said i'm asking everybody everywhere i go i ask strangers of course they back up when they see me but i ask them you know (laughs) know, hey stranger do you know somebody who's got this thing they say no i said then what are we doing here i don't know you know it's 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 uh you know it I don't know me, but I'm kind of thinking, you know, in a way, it could be, a, you know, a, a trial run of a lockdown. You never know. Uh, you just sure. never know. Yeah, I believe the president, but I don't believe anybody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's very difficult. Well, Tony, thanks for a uh, fresh perspective on things, uh, kind of that New York uh, sort of skepticism with. But we hope that you do stay safe, and we hope that we make it out of this okay. We'll be praying for you and your family.
8: You got it. Nice talking to Good you Good talking guys to you, Tony. I, and if I survive this wave of the plague, I'll talk to you next week. Okay? All right.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Mike G. in the Morning with Philly, Chris. Stick around for we the people of the constitution matters Pastor David Whitney Professor Phil Duffy I'll be joining as the legal analyst please stay safe and enjoy folks